All right, John. So I botched this one uh, clearly, and I, this you, isn't the only one you botched, Mark. Yeah, but, well, but it, but it was awesome to watch your face when you screwed up Motor Maids. Yeah, it's you know, I just wish you wouldn't revel with such glow. I mean, <laughs> you, for half an hour you were gleaming across the table at me, ha- so happy that I botched the name of this organization. It is Motor with an R, yes. Maids, nice not job, Moto. Mark. Good job. Welcome. To the Behind the Bars podcast, where we discuss all things motorcycles, memories, and mayhem. Oh, this is awesome. Sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Let's get this thing started. Here's John and Mark. So on the line with us today is Sandra Hinksman. Sandra is vice president of the Motor Maids, calling in from Toronto. Hi, Sandra. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Hi, Sandra. How are you? I'm excellent, thanks. So, Sandra, we know you are very, very busy. We don't want to waste any time. We want to get right into this. Um, you know, Mark and I were just talking about quite an extensive history, the Motor Maids. You know, could you, um, just for our listeners that maybe don't know a lot about Motor Maids, give us just uh, a little bit of history about them. Uh, well, we've uh, been in, in existence since 1940. Um in 1949, the first Canadian motor maid joined the club, and uh, we started out with just 51 members. Uh, we became a, a, a chartered club with the AMA, and I believe it was 1941 when we got our charter membership. But yeah, we started out with uh, 51 members, and we currently have just over 1,300 throughout uh, the U.S. and Canada. Interesting. And so what is, how do you get into the motor mains? What, what, what is, what's the criteria? Uh, the only criteria really is that you're a woman who owns her own bike or has access to a family, a bike in the family, and that you ride. You have to ride your motorcycle. It sounds like a pretty simple, uh, that, that sounds like a, a, almost a club that you could be involved with, Mark. Well, I'm, I, there's Almost, one one specific criteria I don't meet. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm just saying that it doesn't seem like it's a it's you know a difficult um, you know criteria to get involved with. Is well, I guess my point. I, I I don't want to start the podcast off on this note, but I do also want to correct you. I think you're calling it motor maids with an R, right? It's moto. It's it, motor. Yeah. It is motor. Yeah, it's motor, Mark. I'm actually I'm actually very pleased, Sandra, that an expert is on the is on the phone with us so that Mark could be corrected, and because he heard the R and he wanted to he wanted to make fun of me. I, I my apologies. His I thought it was is, his face. For our listeners can't see Mark, but his face is pink right now. Yeah, because so uh, it's Mark true. is typically just so you know, Sandra. In in reviews, we have a uh, uh, a review of our podcast that calls Mark as very cerebral and clearly he's not very cerebral if he doesn't know that it's motor maids everybody knows that i'm looking at your notes john and you have moto well that's how i write with my pen okay all right now that we got that i'm sure you've got some questions for sandra because you did a bunch of research (laughs) well clearly my research was sketchy if i didn't get the motor right my apologies sandra uh so so you had 51 charter members in 1940 Wow, that that's pretty fantastic. So, what what do you know anything about the history of how those charter members were, um, 
were developed. I mean, how how were was the organization publicized back then? I mean, this is obviously pre uh, internet and so on and so forth. How did you have such reach? Well, um, Dot Robinson, one of the co-founders, she her family owned a, a, a dealership up in Michigan, and Linda DeGo uh, was out of Rhode Island, and she was looking for. Uh, other women to ride with, and she started writing letters to different dealers. And Dot had been writing letters around trying to find other women. They knew they couldn't possibly be the only two women that were riding. And it was through this letter campaign that they found each other and then uh, went about finding other women that that were also interested in riding. Dot Robinson used to do all kinds, and Linda DeGo were both uh, competed in a lot of different uh, uh, motorcycle uh races and these trail runs and so they they were out there and that was through this letter campaign and through some of the competitions that they found other women and that's how they they got together but yeah before the internet before you just you know pushed a button and found all kinds of people and the world became a much smaller place it was a, a lot more difficult to to round up these women and even more difficult for a canadian to join I mean, uh, our, our first Canadian member, Audrey Alexander, who joined in 1949, same thing. She didn't have the Internet. She just had magazines and discovered the motor maids and then wrote a letter and, and joined through, through a letter-writing campaign. So you mentioned Dot Robinson. She was also your first president, is that right? That's right, yeah. She was a co-founder and president and was president for uh, the first 25 years of the club. And she was a she was an off road racer or a street racer. Off road, they did you know the hill climbing and uh, the road. She did competitions with a with a sidecar and they would ride you know really off road racing. Really, when you see pictures of it, it's amazing. And and she would win. She beat. In fact, the AMA, there's a story where the AMA uh, wouldn't let her compete because she was a woman. And so she wrote letters to all the other competitors and said, you know, do you have a problem racing against a woman? And they couldn't possibly say no. So she had them write, uh, sign a petition and she got to compete with the men. Sandra, uh, so tell us, you know, as far as the motor maids, what would be your, um, what's your favorite story in history involving the motor maids? Well, I don't know if it's true or not, but... Um, well, the best stories have a little bit of truth mixed in. Right. So, so Dot had, had a motorcycle. And, you know, back in the day, back in the 30s and 40s, women had access to the motorcycles because their husbands were off at war and these bikes were left behind. And I so see. they started riding them. And then, of course, when the war was over and the men came home, they weren't exactly going to give up the bikes. And so Dot had this bike, and every time, you know, she'd go to ride it, it was gone. Her husband was on it. So she had the bike painted pink, and it never went missing again. <laughs> <laughs> well, our, a little bit about our history. I'm not sure, Sandra, if you're familiar, but um, Wilkins Harley-Davidson was founded in 1947, and, and my grandmother and grandfather founded the business, and Harry and Barb Wilkins, and they... Only their mo mode of transportation, my grandfather applied for the dealership while he was serving in World War II. And when he got back, he found out he was a dealer. And their, their only sole um, mode of transportation was, was a motorcycle. And my grandmother rode a motorcycle as well. And um, they had twins, my uncle and my mom. And my mom 
um, also rode a motorcycle. And so the pictures of her sitting on motorcycles were, um, you know, she's a petite thing and, and not didn't look like she could actually even hold the motorcycle up, but she was able to. And mm-hmm. so, so I love those types of stories because, you know, hearing women become um, empowered in, in taking these motorcycles out, um, it could it could have been based on necessity that they didn't have a lot of means or transportation to get from A to B, and so that's why the motorcycle was was uh, available to them, and and they just had to make it work. Mm-hmm. Right. Sandra, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of these stories, you know, and and especially like back in that in that day and age where it was really unusual and to be able to find that many women to ride and to create a club and to create a club that's lasted this long is really really quite amazing i'm curious sandra if if you've heard stories about the early days of the organization and and how uh it was accepted i I, my imagination tells me that it, it had to be a little bit controversial uh, for women to uh, be riding motorcycles back uh, in the f- 40s and 30s. And I'm curious if uh, any particular stories come to mind as, as, as the club started to emerge. What was the reaction, particularly amongst, um, you know, the, ri- the male riders of the time? Well, I mean, I don't know that, I, I've not heard of any stories where, where any of the riders had had trouble with, with other men riders, because I think really when you're when you're riding a motorcycle, it's almost a camaraderie, regardless of your, you know whether you're male or female. It's a common bond that you have with riding. But I have heard stories where some some of the ladies in, in their travels, going to convention and whatnot, having trouble getting getting fuel. Like gas stations wouldn't wouldn't let them refuel their bikes, or or couldn't get rooms in hotels because they were women on bikes. So, you know, I've heard those kinds of stories. We don't have those issues nowadays, but back in, you know, the 40s and early 50s, I guess they, that those are kind of some of the things that they faced. But I don't think they faced any any uh, trouble from other motorcyclists, other ma- male motorcyclists. Interesting. The, the, other, the other part of your history that I'm fascinated by and I'd like to know more about is from from a pretty early point, you had a um, a uniform of sorts, did you not for the for the lady oh, we riders? Still do. You we still do. Still wear. Yeah, we still have a uniform. It's changed over the years, um, and and it's up for the consideration for changing again. But right now we have um, our uniform: our black pants, black boots, um, a blue blue uh, mock turtleneck shirt, long sleeve, and a white vest. And on the back of the vest, it tells you what state or province uh, we're from. And in parade, we wear these uniforms, and along with the white gloves, we wear the white gloves in parade. What the, wh- so, what yeah. what did the early or the first uniforms look like? The first uniforms were um, a gray black with a, a blue blouse, and on the back of the blouse had in almost a script embroidery. Uh, the state that you were from, and it was a little, a little white, kind of like a little white uh, bow tie. Not really a bow tie, but just a sort of a, uh, a ribbon around the neck. Fascinating. Do you, you must have old photos uh, of the groups back then with with the original uniforms. Oh, we've got. We have a historian, an actual uh, 
one of the, our officers is a historian, and she's got an amazing collection of photos and memorabilia from from right from the very beginning. So we've got some amazing photos of our club and 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 how how everyone is dressed and the motorcycles, and it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty fascinating. The um, John is still snickering about my uh, initial faux pas over here. I can see him. He's he's thrilled that I botched that. <clears throat> but maybe I'll impress him with this. I don't, I don't know if he knows this. but You definitely won't impress me, but go ahead. Well, did you know that uh, Harley Davidson and the Motor Maids have a history themselves? Back in 1953, Harley Davidson produced and made a specific paint set uh, for motorcycles for the motor maids. I did not know that. You didn't know that. Well, I'm, I'm curious, Sandra, do you know about that paint set? I do know. I, I have heard of it, and uh, I think it would be really cool if they did it again. <laughs> I totally agree with you. What was yeah. what, what did the paint set look like for the motor, motor maids uh, Harley-Davidson? I'm, I'm assuming it was the blue and the gray, because those are our colors. Uh, blue, white, and gray are are the uh, the colors for the motor maids. Our logo, for example, our our crest, the large crest with the motor maids ink in it, uh, can only be put on either blue, gray, or white. Those are the only colors it can be it can be on. Um, so those are our official colors. So I'm assuming it would have been a blue and the white and the gray, or a blue and gray. Sandra, what, describe the crest for us for for, for listeners that haven't uh, haven't seen it. Um, well, it's a shield, um, and then inside the shield is a script of uh, Motor Maid's ink. And in actual, it, the, the, the shape of the shield, if you were to wear your sunglasses and ride for hours in the sun, and then at the end of the day you took those sunglasses off, you would have a tan line. And the, the shape of our shield is that. It's that tan line. Huh. Huh. That's very cool. It is cool. Very interesting. So, Sandra, one of the interesting things I, I read about your group um, involved the description that you, you guys were referred to as the Elite Women's Riding Club. And I'm curious about that, that label, um, not because of the word elite, but were there other riding, women riding groups or clubs that you were... Um, existing with coexisting with and, and 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 did the did the elite portion of that arise from that um i don't really know i've never heard that um, elite um yeah i've never i've never heard i mean obviously there are other women women riding clubs out there uh we have several members currently that belong to other women's clubs um but I've never, I've never actually heard the term elite. Right? That's, that's probably, Sandra, that could very well be because Mark makes things up as he goes. <laughs> I did not. He, 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 he misreads and misunderstands things. No. As, so who as, knows where that came from? Uh, well, I'll tell you if where it came know, from. If she doesn't know, then it probably doesn't exist, Mark. Well, I, I, I don't make it up. As I did some research on the history of the motor maids, yes. um, I, I found that it was referred to uh, at one point as the elite women's riding club. And so perhaps perhaps I might have shed some light on something that Sandra didn't know. But I doubt that. You have. I, I, I doubt that. I think it was just a description. That's it, period. Well, you know? okay, it could be. 
Uh, what, it, else, what else did you research, Mark, that maybe Sandra can debunk? Well, there are there are many illustrious uh, members of this group, two of which um, I think have particularly interesting uh, backgrounds. And I'm wondering if you know, Sandra, about Margaret Wilson and Gloria Strzok. Uh, yes. Well, Margaret Wilson uh, is uh, sadly no longer with us. Uh, she passed away a few years ago, but both her and Gloria Struck were inducted into the uh, Sturgis Motorcycle Hall of Fame a few years ago. And uh, I know Gloria is, uh, she's, she's just finished writing a book, so she's on a bit of a book tour right now. Uh, and Gloria has uh, 72 years of active riding in the club. Wow. She's, yeah, she's, uh, she's our oldest, or longest member. Uh, but we've got we've got other members that are have been in the club as long uh, in in their seventy in the seventieth year. Uh, Berger Legere of Indiana, she just received her seventieth year of membership, and that's actively riding. These women are still riding. Uh, so yeah, we've got uh, we've got quite a quite a few members. Actually, Golden Life members are members who have been in the club and actively riding for. For 50 years, huh. we have 20. We have 23 members with 50, 50 plus years wow. of uh, membership. That's fantastic. So a golden rider, just so I understand, someone that's ridden over 50 years. Well, who has been in the club? Club as a motormate. Yeah, they've been members of the motormate. So they've been riding at least 50 years then. Oh yeah, yep. yeah. So they've been riding longer, and so we've got we've got uh, three or four. That have been riding seventy plus years. And, and did you call them Golden Lights? They're they are a gold, they're Golden Life members. So Golden, golden Life. Is, oh, Golden Life. 50, Got it. Yeah, L I plus. F E. I'm having trouble with letters today, John. Well, you you have, not only do you have trouble reading, but hearing <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's it's just an off day. I don't, I don't know. So could could be my Canadian accent. That yeah. yeah. That's what Mark will say after we hang up here, Sandra. Yeah, I gotta find so, something. Sandra, I know you are um, you're busy. You're you're uh, you're in between meetings and whatnot. Um, anything that that we haven't touched upon that you think is important before we sign off that maybe our listeners would be interested in hearing about the motormates? Well, we're our, our convent. We have a convention every year. It moves around. With, uh, around the U.S. and Canada, and uh, for 2019, the Motor Maids will be in Temecula, California, so we expect to have anywhere from 450 to 500 Motor Maids that have written to convention. It is a, it is a requirement uh, to be able to vote at our convention, because it's where we do our club business. It is a requirement to ride to and from convention, so you'll see uh, anywhere from 450, 500 plus women riding motorcycles across the U.S. and Canada, heading to Temecula, California next year. Awesome! That's exciting. It's very exciting. Yeah, it is. It is. We're very excited to get out there. So, so Sandra, like I said, I know we're busy. Uh, you, you know, you're you're running around, and so I don't want to um, spend any more time than than we what we've already taken up with you. Um, hey, hey, so, hey, wait, hey, wait a minute, John. Wait, don't where you, where are we going here? I, well, I I've got more she's questions. Very busy. How about one more question, Mark? Jeez, thank you. I, I, Sandra, I, I can't possibly uh, let this podcast go uh, without addressing, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about history and women in riding uh, and what's currently going on in this country. Um, 
is is fascinating to me. So I'm wondering when you hear about what's going on in the news these days uh, with women, uh, I'm wondering if you were like sit back and go like, yeah, so we've been doing this forever. I mean, for me, uh, Motor Maids is one of uh, the earliest of organizations that championed and, and empowered women. And I'm wondering, how do you see the news today in, 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 in its context to what you've been doing for so long? Well, you know, you could say that about anything. I mean, you think you've come a long way, and then you realize you haven't come very far at all. <laughs> very, so, yeah, very well said. Yeah, we just, uh, you know, we just keep on, we keep riding, and we keep doing what we're doing, and, and we hope that... Uh, everyone catches up to us. Well, it would, it would seem to me that the time um, has always been right, but it's never been righter uh, than it is right now for motor maids to come to the forefront. It's an exciting organization. Um, as a company that has had women, as John described, uh, strong women throughout our uh, history, uh, we're thrilled with it, and I'm fascinated to talk to you about it. We're lucky to have yeah. have, have them on the on the line. That's I was really excited about the fact that they agreed to be yeah, on the podcast. No question. So, Sandra, we will uh, wrap this up. We sincerely appreciate that. We look forward to maybe circling back after the convention. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time today to visit with us on Behind the Bars podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you, Sandra. Okay, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Behind the Bars podcast, sponsored by Wilkins Harley-Davidson. Stay tuned for our next exciting podcast. Check out additional information on WilkinsHarley.com.